Guys, good Tuesday afternoon. I'm Jerry Miller, and this is the I Love Seville Show. Thank you kindly for joining us. It's great to be with you on the I Love Seville Network on the show today, presented by Skuma Boutique Dispensary on the Charlottesville Downtown Mall. Skuma Boutique Dispensary is locally owned and operated. We give Dr. Wagner of Scott Wagner Chiropractic and Sports Medicine. In fact, Scott Wagner Integrated Medicine some love for being a part of the show. Dr. Wagner is A-plus people, and he is changing people's lives at Dr. Wagner and Scott Wagner Integrated Medicine. Today's program is dynamic, so you and the, you, the viewer and listener can shape the discussion. We're, we're on every social media platform out there, so let us know what you want us to talk about and put your thoughts in the feed. We'll relay it live on air. Yesterday we saw, last night we saw, what, 30, 35, maybe 40 activists at city council at the Monday meeting for city council. And, and the topic was phase three dairy market. It's no surprise, ladies and gentlemen, that this development is coming down the pipeline. On this program, I let you know that upzoning and rezoning was gonna translate into housing that's not necessarily affordable and here we have it but you guys with upzoning and rezoning and the zoning ordinance and the future land use map you said let's give flexibility to the dirt in Charlottesville city and that flexibility is going to create more supply and it should stabilize prices and make it more affordable we're literally in the earliest stage possible and people are complaining and people are depicting the scenario as if it was something that we did not tell you or explain to you what was going to happen and 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 hear me the next project is going to be Preston Plaza across from Dairy Market and what do you think is going to happen with Preston Plaza? That's the home of Integral Yoga, the place right there where Styx is at. What do you think is going to happen there? It's going to be knocked down in a new apartment complex and mixed-use building or apartment complexes and mixed-use buildings are going to be built. That entire Preston area or Preston corridor in the next five years, maybe ten years, is going to look completely different. And we explained that if you make the dirt more opportunistic, and opportunistic means flexibility with what could be built there, that expensive housing was going to be a reality. And now you act surprised? I mean, it's a bit frustrating. I'll talk about that on today's show. We'll highlight the... 85, maybe in totality, activists that are opposed to this um, and, and explain to them what's next, what's coming down the pipe so they can prepare themselves. I want to talk about the CAR 2022 second quarter report. I think you got a graph that we can put on screen from the Charlottesville Area Association of Realtors. If you live it, it's on screen. Thank you, Judah. Thank you very much. Nelson County is down 25% year over year. Green County is down a percent year over year. Charlottesville and Fluvanna County are essentially flat. Louisa County is up 7% year over year. But the big winner is Albemarle County, an 11% uptick year over year. And I'm going to tell you, Albemarle County end of second quarter next year, I predict another double-digit impact in values for Albemarle. And I'll explain why. The median price, Judah, the median price for a home in Albemarle County, Q2 2023, the quarter just finished, is $530,000. Median. It has never been more expensive to purchase a home. You got interest rates at a 23-year high. You got no inventory whatsoever to buy. 
you got values on houses at a central Virginia all-time high, and now a new report today on the national media from the Mortgage Bankers Association, it is more difficult to qualify for a mortgage than ever before. We are at a decade low when it comes to mortgage qualify qualifiability. There's a word for you. A decade low. The last time we've seen standards this stringent for qualifying for a mortgage was 2013. This is all a byproduct of Jerome Powell, the Federal Reserve, raising rates. And now the expectation is what? 25 bips, 50 bips? Come Q4, a rate hike? We'll see what happens in the fourth quarter of this year that's gonna make things even more expensive. That topic on today's show, I also wanna highlight on the program the fact that we have Natalie Mastery and Colonel Letty, is it Bain, Bain, Colonel Bain? Colonel Bain was the presenter of the Chamber of Commerce Defense Sector Economic Impact Report that we covered on the show. Natalie Mastery is the CEO of the Charlottesville Regional Chamber of Commerce. Both Natalie and Colonel Letty Bine Bain are going to join us on the program on Tuesday, August 22nd to highlight this report that shows the second largest economic driver here in Central Virginia is the defense sector. So we're going to unpack it with the institution or the entity, the Chamber of Commerce, that helped create the report and the stakeholder and a retired colonel who presented the report to government officials. That'll be a fantastic show, Tuesday, August 22nd, right here on the I Love Seville Network. Before I get into the lead headline, which is more follow on the dairy market saga, I wanna highlight two other programming notes for you. This morning was the debut or the premiere of the Jerry and Jerry show, and it undoubtedly exceeded expectations. Jerry Ratcliffe and I have a, a, a long history, 21, almost 22 years of uh, working alongside each other in subcapacity. He's the first boss I ever had while a student at the University of Virginia. He gave me my first crack in media. It was truly a pleasure and my pleasure to sit across from him this morning and to talk ACC sports and UVA sports. That show will air every Tuesday at 10.15 a.m., right here on this network, and we will look to expand that show to additional days as we get in a groove and we get in a rhythm. Also, I wanna highlight this. I'm currently um, molding, um, percolating, chatting, interviewing, um, brainstorming, conversating um, about a mom's show for this network. My wife, um, who is the foundation of our family, offered this suggestion in passing at our house. She said, you know what you should do on the show? A show by moms, for moms, hosted by moms, on your network that talks anything motherhood related. Motherhood in Charlottesville, motherhood in Central Virginia, motherhood, any topics that's mom-related on your network. I thought it was a brilliant idea. That concept is gaining steam and momentum literally as we speak, and I cannot wait to introduce yet another content vertical for you on the I Love Seville Network, which is the 2023 version of a digital newspaper. Each show is a section of the newspaper. The I Love Seville show, which we do Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1.30 is the front page. You have now the Jerry and Jerry show, which covers ACC, UVA, Virginia Tech sports, college sports. That's the sports section. The show Real Talk with Keith Smith, which airs Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 10.15 a.m. is your, your real estate and some business. The I Love Seville show, we cover business and politics and everything that would be on the front page. Today, Manana does a heck of a job covering business in the Hispanic community. And then this mom show that we're creating is going to be your lifestyle, your human interest section of the newspaper. So much 
progress or so much work behind the scenes we put into this network for you, the viewer and listener, and we hope you appreciate it. So those are the two programming notes, the Jerry and Jerry show Tuesdays at 10, 15 a.m., and this new mom show that, that we're pushing forward with, details to come um, as I get a little more concrete um, facts and details to relay to you. The last programming note is mark your calendar for Tuesday, August 22nd, as the new CEO of the Chamber of Commerce, Natalie Mastery, and retired, retired Colonel Letty, I'm messing her last name up, it's either Bine or Bain, I believe, will join us on the program to talk the defense sector, 1.2 billion economic impact on Central Virginia. That's Tuesday, August 22nd, right here on this network. All right, let's go to the, the hot topic, J-Dubs. So why don't I we- weave you in with the two-shot when you have an opportunity? I want to applaud you for, you know, being that consistent metronome. I know today's show, the first one, the first iteration of anything is always challenging because there's not um, habits or procedures or protocols in place yet. I yeah. thought you really responded well. Um, yesterday you. was a city council meeting. Uh, 30, 40, maybe 50 activists showed up. Maybe a dozen to 20 spoke on the record about okay. dairy market and phase three. I mean, J-Dubs. I, Did they do a good job of explaining their... Uh, their stance I mean this is the essence of their stance you ready the essence of their stance is expensive apartments that said activists are unable to afford expensive apartments that will create tax pressure on the 10th and page neighborhood and that tax pressure will lead to further gentrification of this historically African-American community. Here's what I'd like to highlight. So many folks, so many folks, a small contingent of folks in this community pushed zoning flexibility forward. And the concept of zoning flexibility was more supply of housing will create price stability and as you increase the supply affordability should follow I have said and you've heard me say this maybe weekly for two to three years that if you make the zoning more flexible for a landlocked 10.2 square mile city the supply that is birthed from that flexible zoning will not be affordable supply because that dirt will be more expensive to develop and purchase because it's more opportunistic. On top of that, the interest rate environment, the labor environment, the cost of goods environment, and the political ecosystem is more expensive or challenging than ever before. Now we know Chris Henry, the Stony Point development visionary and CEO and founder, wants to do 400 apartments that would house roughly 600 potential Charlottesvillians at the site right next to the current dairy market location. Yeah. He also owns Preston Plaza across the street. You and I both know Preston Plaza, its future is not in its current form, that shopping center undoubtedly has seen some better days from a look and feel and structure standpoint. Preston Plaza is going to be eventually bulldozed down. The value of Preston Plaza isn't these, what's dilapidated? I always mess that word up. Dilapidated? Dilapidated. The <clears throat> okay, value of Okay, Preston- but what does Preston Plaza have to do with uh, across the street? Next Preston to Plaza, is the, when phase three of Dairy Market's done... Preston Plaza is next. Okay, but I, I still don't see what that has to do with this, what we're talking about now. I'm trying to prepare the viewers and listeners and the activists that watch and listen to this program. That's next coming down the pipe. Preston Plaza is going to be towers of apartments 
with but, commercial on the bottom floor, just like phase three dairy market's going to be. And I'm explaining to the folks that the monthly rent for those apartments is going to be $2,000 a month plus. And that's right across the street from 10th and Page. Yeah. They might argue that uh, it's a big street and it's not butting into the 10th and Page neighborhood as much as uh, as much as the um, the properties currently being uh, redeveloped are I res- you know respectfully disagree with that because expensive apartments across the street from 10th and page will further gentrify okay but they're gonna have apartments right next door yeah and so- right across the street. Yeah, but so I, I, I'm not really sure why we're talking about uh, across the street right now. Well, we need to we need to prep people for this happening. Yeah, I prep people for expensive apartments on flexible zoned land. I let everybody know that was going to happen for three years. I literally said, everyone listening on this network, if you make the dirt more opportunistic, the housing that's going to come is going to be expensive. And that's what's happening, and people are crying bloody murder now. I mean, new housing is always going to be expensive unless it's specifically made to not be expensive. Am I wrong? There's never going to be a house built in Charlottesville that is not expensive. Unless unless it's somebody like uh, like Keith Smith and the, you know, and the... The land trust. Yeah. Is anybody else ever going to build... Uh, an affordable house in Charlottesville? I no. mean, is it? No. Because you can't. Right. How would you make money on it? That's, there's my point. And that's coming from someone who's not necessarily a businessman there with Judah. I'm really? not a businessman or a realtor or, uh, but. You're just a common sense guy. So, I mean, I, Honestly, I don't know what uh, do they do. They have an alternative. Do the do the people that showed up at the at the meeting have? Did they have an alternative? Is there something else they would like to do? In that, I mean, obviously, it's not their land. It's not their. They're not putting. They don't money, own the land. They don't. They're not putting money into it. They're not helping out with the cost of of developing it. They don't pay the taxes. I mean, they're not contributing to the development. Are they saying that the only alternative is to just leave it the way it is? And never do anything with it? I mean, I, from what I hear, from what I read, and from what I follow with the city council meeting, the concern was the laundromat. The laundromat, Chris Henry is willing to put a laundromat or consider a laundromat in the first, on the ground level of the commercial uh, portion of phase three. He said, I'm open-minded to renting a portion of the space for a laundromat. So he's trying to compromise and be flexible. Chris Henry says in the, in the uh, meeting that was at the church that's now a wedding venue, he said, we made a mistake by having murals of, of, of black women on the side of the walls of Phase 3 development. Some of the graphic design or the aesthetics of Phase 3, these apartment towers, we're going to feature um, African-American ladies on the side of it in the renderings that they presented. And that and made people angry? The outcry in the meeting was, why would we feature these murals on these buildings when the community in the neighborhood can't afford the rents in the new development and or can't afford to eat in the food hall that you built called Dairy Market? And he said, you know what? We made a mistake with those murals. We'll take them off the renderings. They won't be there moving forward. So Chris is listening. Chris is saying, I will consider a laundromat on the first floor of phase three. I'm listening to you. Chris says, I'm listening to you. I'll remove the murals from the building. But Chris also has indicated, I can do this by right once the new rezoning and upzoning is approved. He doesn't even need. Yeah. It doesn't even need approval or props or a green light from council. He can just do it. Yeah. I mean, if you watched the meeting yesterday with city council, and I caught a lot of it, for example, Joy Johnston, she spoke at the meeting, 
and she talked about Preston Plaza. She talked about Preston Plaza being next for development. Neil Williamson is watching. He says property owners have rights. Those rights are limited by both zoning and the market. He's right. Once upzoning is approved, Chris will just do this. And if it, and if it wasn't going to make money, then it wouldn't get made. That's, I think, believe Neil's other point. This is the first iteration or the first byproduct of all this flim-flam-flum, upzoning, rezoning, zoning ordinance, brouhaha that we've been talking for years about on this network. And the same folks that have been pushing this forward are now screaming and crying bloody murder. The entire council meeting last night was hijacked by this topic. Legitimately hijacked by this topic. I don't understand the folks that pushed flim flam flum forward, zoning ordinance, upzoning, rezoning forward, how they could potentially scream bloody murder now that it's becoming a reality. Is it solely because the new density is not happening in single-family detached affluent neighborhoods? Is that why? Because if so, that's not how this works. The flim-flam-flum zoning rezoning was never going to dramatically impact single-family detached affluent neighborhoods. You know why? Because those single-family detached affluent neighborhoods of the city of Charlottesville want to keep their neighborhoods single-family detached for quality of life. They, there was never going to be a massive shift in the makeup or look of these neighborhoods. It was always yeah. going to be in the neighborhoods that were marginalized or the neighborhoods on the... on the brink of potentially achieving even more financial potential. The entire Preston Avenue, I'll, I'll choose my words carefully. Much of Preston Avenue is going to look very, very different in the next five to 10 years. Much of Cherry Avenue is going to look very, very different in the next five to ten years. Much of Prospect, the Prospect neighborhood, is going to look very, very different in the next five to ten years. Why those neighborhoods? Because those neighborhoods feature the most affordable dirt and land right now. Do you understand how difficult it would be for a developer to galvanize an entire block in North Downtown or an entire block in Belmont, or an entire street in Greenbrier, an entire street on the downtown mall, and redevelop it, it would be extremely difficult to do that because it's costly, and the people that own the lion's share of those areas that I just mentioned do not want it to happen. However, the areas like Cherry and Prospect Preston, I'll even throw High Street in the mix. They're more, air quotes, affordable. And the folks that own there now are likely or more likely when compared to North Downtown, for example, to sell or to exit for a payday right now. Do you think the folks that own the million-dollar homes on North Downtown are really caring about a payday for their house? No, because they, need so, they want somewhere to live. They need somewhere to stay and sleep. Exactly. Anonymous, you're exactly right. To your point on dirt, I would say that it is dirt made cheap by having low-value structures on it. Exactly right. Exactly right. What is the value of Preston Plaza? 
What is the value of Preston Plaza right now, long term? Uh, it's potential. And what's the potential for Preston Plaza? What it could be, That's not what it potential. is right now. Yeah. It's the dirt. It's not buildings that are crumbling. Yeah. It's not buildings that are crumbling. What was the value of the Kim's Market site, the old IGA on Cherry Avenue? Is it a falling down grocery building that has a leaky roof? That is the home of a, a contractor that does construction work at UVA? No. The value of Kim's Market in the old IGA location is the effing dirt. Mm -hmm. what, is, what is the value of Ix Park? The value of Ix Park is the acreage and what you can build on it. I, I, I try to empathize. I genuinely try to empathize. Yeah, thank you, Deep Throat. He says, Preston Plaza, the land is assessed at 3.8 million, but the building is assessed at 1.5 million. There's my point. Yeah. Does anyone think Preston Sun's laundry mat in its current form with its building on it, what's more valuable, the dirt or the laundry mat building? What's more valuable, the asphalt parking lot in front of Fifth Seasons Brewery or the structure that hosts Rockfish or that twice as nice thrift store or the actual dirt underneath it? You can make that argument for much of Charlottesville City. And yeah. why do you think that is? Why do I think that is? Why do you think you can make the argument for much of Charlottesville City that it's the land that has the value and the value proposition and the upside and not the buildings on it? I mean, there's probably multiple reasons for that. but uh, Very straightforward, <clears throat> simple reason. Well, then uh, go ahead. Because we only have 10.2 square miles. It's a city that so many people want to live in because of the University of Virginia, that it only has 10.2 square miles. Yeah. So if the city only has 10.2 square miles and it's completely landlocked because of a revenue sharing agreement brokered a couple generations ago, what do you think the upside is in this 10.2 square mile city? The effing dirt. And the zoning ordinance and upzoning and rezoning and flim flam flum has made that dirt more valuable than ever before. We said this was going to happen. Lonnie Murray said this was going to happen. I've been saying this was going to happen. Deep Throat's been saying this was going to happen. <sighs> and now people are surprised. <laughs> now people are surprised. Literally the first iteration of this, and people are surprised. Anything you want to add? Any, you know what? Why don't we take a different approach? I know this isn't your, what's the phrase? Ballywick? Ballywick, yeah. Ballywick? I know this isn't your Ballywick. Why don't we take a different approach? Why don't you just ask questions about it? Well, that's what I was doing. I mean, I, I'm... Like I said, I'm curious what they what they want to have happen with this uh, is is the only option for them just to leave it all the way it is. Is uh, I mean, is that uh, is that going to be the argument whenever somebody wants to build something in Charlottesville? Is just uh, I'm sorry, uh, any any uh, anything that makes Charlottesville better is going to gentrify everybody in Charlottesville. And so we should just leave everything the way it is. I mean, I, I don't really understand what they're... Uh, I, don't, I don't understand if they have a serious argument that, uh, that has any teeth, legs, uh, whatever. Um, did, were they actually saying anything at the, uh, at the meeting last night? Or was it just a bunch of, uh, a bunch of people saying no? It was that. It was, don't let this happen. It was a couple of dozen activists speaking on the record to council when this, this item wasn't even on the agenda. Yeah. This was not even on the agenda. 
This isn't even before council yet, this topic. But the meeting was hijacked on phase three dairy market. Literally was hijacked. And the extent of what these couple dozen people said to council was, no to the project, don't let it happen. Prop Neil says this all the time, property owners have rights. The dude bought the land. Yeah. And now people are surprised with the dirt being more flexible that expensive $2,000 plus a month apartments are being built on it. Yeah. Of course they're being built on it. It's expensive as all get out to build it. And he's a businessman. And we need housing. I mean, as, uh, as much as I understand their desire for someone to be building affordable housing, as far as I understand it, Charlottesville has not made that an easy proposition for anyone that actually builds. Uh, as I've mentioned on the show before, my, my dad and his, uh, and his partner were, were building housing in Charlottesville and gave up because they were, they were put out of business by Charlottesville. Explain it again. I mean, I, don't, I really don't understand a lot of the details, but I know that they had uh, bonds with the city. And again, I don't really understand all of how this works, but basically the city holds your, your money, your bonds, in, I don't know, is it trust? Is that what they call it? Is it, uh, is it like a, anyways. Uh, they Were the are, bonds held in escrow? Something like that, right? And so they're supposed to release the bonds so that the company that's building can pay for the things that they need to pay for, except that uh, they weren't releasing the bonds to my my dad and his partner. So they essentially started to go bankrupt. The company went bankrupt because they couldn't pay their they couldn't pay the the vendors. They couldn't pay you know subcontractors. They couldn't you know all the things that you're supposed to have that bond money for they weren't given the money that was rightfully theirs it wasn't released back to them in a timely manner and they basically got blood dry yeah they got blood dry yeah they ran out of dry powder and now what's happened they They ain't doing it anymore right no they gave up so they gave up on doing what Building in Charlottesville. Building, building, building housing. Homes in Charlottesville. That's why literally when I wrote, when I was on vacation and I wrote this dairy market analysis, that's why, and guys, I'll get to your comments. That's why I said if you're, if you're Chris Henry, Keith Woodard, Oliver Kootner, Frank Bailiff, Charlie Armstrong, Bo Carrington, the Wendell Wood family, you have all tried to build dense housing in the city of Charlottesville, but socialists and activists have poo-pooed it all. These same socialists and activists champion new affordable housing for working class people in the city, but then they organize, strategize, and galvanize against the projects once they gain momentum. That is the definition of hypocrisy. Yeah, if you're, unless you're out there building houses yourself... And, 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 and How look, are you going to stop? I, I, get that, I get that everybody out there who's against... All these projects are like, no, we need affordable housing. But there's no such thing as affordable housing. You can't build affordable housing today, at least not in Charlottesville. It's just not going to work. This from much, LinkedIn. Even if it was just the cost of the, of the buildings, if you took away the cost of the, the dirt and it was just how much does it cost to build a house, I still don't think you could make a house affordable. How could someone, if, 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 if a builder or a developer has to use bank financing or institutional financing to build, to finance a project, yeah. they're talking about an interest rate now that's eight, nine, ten points. They're talking about a labor market that's more expensive than ever, if you can even find the labor. And they're talking a carrying cost. We're talking debt service. That is astronomical because the city and activists make it a very long process before a project is even finished. Yeah. You get bled dry. That's why I said yesterday on Real Talk with Keith Smith, there's probably three or four entities in Albemarle and Charlottesville. Stanley Martin, maybe Southern Development, 
Chris Henry and Stony Point, and Keith Woodard and Woodard Properties. Those four, give me another one that have the dry powder or the money to do the projects on their own. Basically, I'm saying they have the money, they can finance it themselves. Yeah. All the other ones that are going to want to do something like this, at least the ones that are in market, are going to have to go to an institutional lender or a hard money lender. Yeah. And they're not going to do that. Let's go to LinkedIn and JB, John Blair, what up, what up? He says, Jerry, think about it this way. If single family home values are increasing in Charlottesville and Albemarle every year by 5 to 15%, which they are, the profit proposition for builders is build single family homes. This is why the idea of the missing middle popping up in traditional single family home neighborhoods is so misguided, in my opinion, John says. John also says, you don't change a profitable, profitable model that is giving, getting even more profitable. The reality in the Seville market is that density increases are going to pop up in commercial corridors like Preston or West Main. New units are not going to be in fourplexes in Greenbrier. New units aren't going to be in Greenbrier or North Downtown where single-family homes are so profitable there. That's also my point. If you can build a home and take a if you can take a lot and you acquire the lot in North Downtown in Belmont Greenbrier for a quarter million dollars and if you build a four bedroom two and a half bath house that's 3000 square feet 3200 square feet on that lot that you bought for a quarter million dollars and a quarter million is probably light wouldn't the easiest path, the least resistance path, the most direct way to profitability just to be, just build a, a single family detached home? Of course it is. Because you know you can sell that single family home for a million one, a million two. And you don't get any effing political outcry. Mm -hmm. If Chris took twice as nice the thrift store, the laundromat and the home brew store and those parking lots and he built one 50,000 square foot house with massive pool in the backyard and a tennis court on it pickleball courts maybe a squash court you know what would happen he would get barely any political outcry you think no he would get a lot less than he's getting now. Hmm. He's getting a boatload of political outcry because it's 400 apartments that the neighborhood thinks or realizes that they cannot afford. Hmm. We told you this was going to happen. Kevin Yancey says the largest landowner in Seaville also employs the majority of the lower and middle class, but they can't afford to even live closely to their jobs. That's a UVA topic, Kev. The largest landowner in Seaville is the University of Virginia. The only way we're going to get something from the University of Virginia is the payment in lieu of taxes approach. And Michael Payne has straight up said the only chance that the payment in lieu of taxes approach becomes a reality is through galvanizing political outcry. You want to know what would be a legitimate use of activists' time and energy? Instead of organize, organizing and strategizing and galvanizing against a project that's about to be completely allowed with the new upzoning and rezoning take that same effort and energy and petition and politic the University of Virginia to pony up tens of millions of dollars for the land that they're not paying taxes on and yeah. then take that good luck tens of millions of dollars 
where you political outcry forces UVA's hand and insist that 10, 15, 20 million dollars, whatever the hell the number is, be completely allocated to an affordability fund for housing. Hmm. That's a legitimate use of your efforts in time. What you're doing now is window dressing. Literally window dressing. Deep Throat says Judah is right. Example, land cost of production is $200, $250 a feet, a foot. Jesse Rutherford said this on your show. Jesse Rutherford is a developer, mm. a builder. I think he's watching right now, Nelson County supervisor. He also said, your question is key. What is the proposed alternative for the politicking and the activist outcry? There yeah. was none. Yeah, what do you want? This is all they said. Don't do it. Yeah, that's... That's pissing in the wind. you got to provide an alternative or something, some reason why anyone should listen. I mean, I could... The only argument I could get behind is we were using that, uh, you know, we were using the the businesses there and now they're going to be gone and you know those were within walking distance and so you know I appreciate the fact that uh, that Chris Henry is going to has agreed to uh, to rent out the what do you say the bottom floor for another laundromat he's considering I'm curious it. whether I'm curious what the cost of that is going to be and whether uh, whether the new laundromat will be uh, will be at the same monthly rent as the current laundry mat? Comparable. No, it won't be. Which means that whoever, if somebody actually takes him up on it and builds a laundromat there, is it going to be, I don't know, I don't know how much, uh, I don't know how much it is to, to wash your clothes at a laundromat, but is it going to be double the price? In which case, is that a pointless place to, to put there? Because... Uh, yes! You don't put laundry mats in class A ground floor mixed use buildings well then that's a shame and i'm and i don't know why chris henry would would go the route of saying hey i'll rent this out to another laundromat is is it chris's responsibility to rent the laundromat lower than market value i'm not saying it is but why would he even bother saying i'll put a laundry because he's listening to the community and frankly speaking, I wouldn't even be surprised that I have no inside information on this. I have literally no inside information on this. I wouldn't be surprised if Chris throws a bone to this project because he lives in this community and says, I'll do this laundromat at below market rent. And that would be him extending an olive branch. But that's not, he doesn't have to do that. No, he doesn't. But I think you're right. It would be uh... an olive branch, a show of good faith. And also just a, a decent thing to do. If you're getting rid of a laundry, I'm not, I'm not arguing against decent him and I'm not arguing do. for... You've said he's the richest person in Charlottesville. I didn't say that. Didn't you? No. Okay. I've never said that. I right. never said that. Either way. I said he has the financing to do projects without getting institutional money from banks. Getting okay. money from banks. All right. Well, it's really irrelevant. My point was that why would he even entertain the idea that he would put a laundromat in there if it's not feasible to do so? I'm, I'm, I'm just asking the question. I, I I'm know, curious. I know. I'm, like, I'm why just would getting you exasperated even... because <clears throat> the concept of the right thing to do does not always coincide with running a business the right way. That's fair. Running the business the right way often is the opposite of altruism and philanthropy and donation and charity. Yeah. Phase three is not charity. And I'm not right. I'm not no, I know. hammering I know. you here. No, I understand. And Phase I... three is not charity. I, I it's agree. It's a 400 unit apartment complex with ground floor commercial space. Yeah. It's not philanthropy. Right. It's not a land trust. 
Right, which again is why I'm curious why he would uh, why he would even entertain the idea of Vanessa Parkle just said it best, and I apologize for interrupting you. Please finish your thought. I'm working on that still. I, I mean, it's, I'm just uh, repeating what I said before, and that you know, I I get that uh, he's trying to appease people, but if but if it's if it's not feasible to to build a uh, an affordable laundromat where there was an affordable laundromat before, why bother to uh, why bother to entertain Extend the olive branch? Entertain the idea because it's, it's, it's not an olive branch if it's if it becomes a laundromat that nobody that went to that laundromat can afford anymore. That's not an olive branch. Vanessa Barkel has a response for your comment right okay. there. If Dairy Market allows the below market laundry mat, then the project will have to make up the below market rent elsewhere. If he takes one of his premium locations on the ground floor of this phase three development and rents it below market so a laundromat can survive for the neighborhood, that money will be made up elsewhere, Vanessa Parkhill says, through either other tenants, commercial or residential space, upticking with monthly rent costs. Damn good comment. 1,000% right. Yeah. That's fair. And Deep I, Throat and I, says and this. I'm not arguing, and I'm not arguing that he should rent it out as a laundromat for, for cheaper than he would normally get. I'm just saying why even put that on the table if it's not feasible? Because he's listening to what the community is asking. That's, but Judah, he's smarter than that. No, he, dude, he's, he, I would not be surprised if he offers, if he, if he, uh, offers the laundromat at below market rent. I would not be surprised if that becomes a reality. That's fair. But every of those 400 units, those 400 apartments in that building, you're saying they're all will make up the it. difference of that below market rent. I'm, I'm not arguing against. I'm not arguing against you. I'm. I'm just saying. If, I'm, two things. If he's not gonna. If he's not gonna rent it out at below. If he's gonna make it unfeasible to to make a, you know, an affordable laundromat, then then. Don't bring it up. Why even bother to bring it up? And if he and if he is, then okay, that's great. Okay, we'll do a below market laundry mat. Every apartment now is twenty one hundred dollars a month, not two thousand a month. Uh, that's making an awful lot more than uh, than uh, I think what the uh, laundromat was would have. Uh, How do you know that? You're talking about an extra hundred dollars on four hundred units. I know. I know you're calling you, a number here. I know the point. You're looking at this not as a business person, which I respect. I totally respect I'm, that. You told me to ask questions. That's I respect what I, it. That's what I usually do, anyways. So I I'm do. Just, I, uh, I'm, I'm just. I'm grateful questions. for your questions. He deep throat. He will take a loss on the laundromat to buy peace. He's not a ruthless profit maximizer, which is the advantage of being a private company and not a public company. It's a no great doubt. comment right there. Yeah. I want the community to hear this. If you want someone developing a project next to a historically African-American neighborhood, 10th and Page, the developer that you want doing this project in this community, there's probably two that I can think of, maybe three, maybe four. Chris Henry's one of them. Keith Woodard and Anthony Woodard are another one of them. Frank Bailiff and Charlie Armstrong are another. And probably Corin Capshaw and Alan Taylor the fourth. Those are the four you probably want doing these, this project. And one of them happens to be Chris Henry. You know why you want one of those four doing this project? Because he's the kind of guy that's willing to go into the church and hear people out. Because he lives here. And he has to run into everybody in this community when he's at Rapture or Miller's or on the downtown mall or at a football game or shopping or eating with his family. And when you live in the community, you have ties that are emotional to the community. So you're willing to do some things financially that a publicly traded company or a developer that is out of market would not do. If this was a truly capitalistic country, or excuse me, if this was truly a capitalistic developer, an out of market developer, a developer that was publicly traded, all they would do was this. I'm going to... I'm going to do this project once the zoning ordinance, once upzoning and rezoning is approved, and I'm not going to listen to anyone. Yeah. And we're just going to do it the way it's, suppo- the way it's allowed to do. Oh. And hear me out. Preston Plaza is next. 
And do not be surprised that the new housing that's birthed from all this is expensive because for three damn years I told you this was going to happen. All right, let's go to a one-shot here. Yeah, Chris 100% lives here. 100% lives here. The folks that say he doesn't live here, he's in Barcelona pursuing higher education. That's why he's in Barcelona. Aren't you getting an MBA right now in Barcelona, Chris? That's why he's there. He lives here in this community. He 100% lives here. All right, I got the 1.45 p.m. conference call, so I got 15 minutes. I do want to get to the Charlottesville Area Association Realtors Q2 report. I'm seeing so many moms and dads put on the feed the fact that um, Linnell has this comment, laundry solution, fundraiser to buy washer-dryer for residents. Maybe a developer contractor can get a deal on ordering several appliances at wholesale. I appreciate that tweet, um, Linnell. I will respond to that question by saying this. Is it a developer's responsibility to host or pay or subsidize washer and dryers for an entire neighborhood so a neighborhood can have it in their respective houses? I mean, go back to you on a two-shot. Is it a developer's responsibility to subsidize or straight up pay for or lead a fundraiser for washer and dryers for every house in the 10th and Page neighborhood? Because he's knocking down the laundromat that otherwise was used by the 10th and Page neighborhood. Of course not. I mean, it's not charity. No. I never said it was, but right. like, I'm I'm just curious why he would even why he would even, like I said, put on put it on the table that uh, there could be another laundromat there. And when I thought of that, I was curious about well, that's going to probably cost a lot more than the than the previous space. So is it going to be feasible to have a laundromat there that's that's that people can actually go to, that people can afford to go to? And if it's not, then why? You know, then why put it on the table? And you know, if it is, great. But uh, no, I wouldn't. Ex I don't expect that it's it's his uh, responsibility to keep a laundromat there. But since he uh, since it's out there, I was. I, just I think that is going to be one of the bones he throws. Deep throat giving John Blair props. Deep throat on Twitter giving John Blair props on LinkedIn. John Blair says this, Jerry, what's ultimately cheaper for Chris Henry, a five-year below-market pro bono laundromat in Class A, or just buy 50 individuals washer-dryer units to give to 10th and paid res <laughs> residents who don't have them? That's fair. Great question. Yeah. That's a fantastic question. I don't have that answer. The real estate development that I do is at converting a 1,200-square-foot dentist office into six executive office spaces in our building on Market Street. I have no insight or intel on is it more affordable to buy some washer and dryers for, and I would imagine it's probably more than 50 houses. You know, I don't know the total number of homes that are in 10th and Page. I mean, what's a washer dryer setup run? Uh, washer, there's dryer. pretty decent. Uh, some pretty decent. I'm looking at it right now. Man, it's already 1:30. I'm looking at one right now on Lowe's. Oh, this is just a washer. See if you can get the cost. A stackable unit. Washer, dryer, stackable. Cost. It's crazy that we're even having this conversation. The washer-dryer mm -hmm. combo, free two-day shipping from Amazon. I'll look at one. You find one. I got mine at Lowe's. They were they had some pretty good versions. Uh, I'm looking at one at fifteen hundred a pop from Amazon. What are you looking at? I'm looking at a. What's that? I got uh, a GE washer dryer combo for twelve hundred on, on Amazon. Stacked might not be your cheapest option. Well, stacked. You know the reason for stacked, right? Yeah, because the places are going to be smaller places around the tenth and page area. Exactly. So you're going to have to stack it. 
let's call it a, let's call, let's just say this. If you buy it in bulk, you're probably, I would say you buy, you have to buy 200. 200 in bulk, you could probably get them for below market, say you save 25%. Let's say for easy numbers, the cost of a stackable unit, the most affordable one is a G note. You save 25% because you're buying 200 in bulk, you're getting them for 750. 200 times 750. 200 times 750, that's 150 G. Maybe there's your proffer right there. Maybe that's your proffer. $150,000, tenth and page gets stacked up a stackable washer and dryer for their house. And how many you, Deep Throat or John Blair or Neil Williamson, you guys would know this answer. Neil Williamson, Deep Throat or John Blair. How many houses are in tenth and page the neighborhood? You'd have to buy it for the entire neighborhood, I would think. I would think the entire neighborhood would want it. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous that we're even entertaining this cost or this topic. Yeah. But it's a topic that makes for good fodder for a talk show. How many homes are in 10th and Page? Can anyone, does anyone, Deep Throw says a couple hundred. I thought it was 200. Neil, do you have an answer on that, Neil Williamson? Deep Throat says he has the stat at his home computer. Katie Pearl makes a fantastic point. KTP, that's a damn good point. You'd have to pay for the plumbing hookup as well. No doubt. Plus the cost of installation. So let's say that number is in fact the G note with the plumbing hookups and the cost of installation. And that G note is probably light, right, KTP? That G note is probably light. Let's just say for the sake of conversation, it's a G note. And let's say for the sake of conversation, let's, let's inflate the number to 300 houses. I don't think it's 300. 300 at a G note is $300,000. $300,000, you say, 10th and page, I will buy you a stackable unit. We'll hook it up and install it. We'll kick $300,000. This is our proffer to grease the wheels, maybe that's not the best phrase, to push this project down the pipeline more efficiently. That's a better phrase, that's called branding. We'll kick $300,000 to the neighborhood. We're gonna destroy this laundromat. I'm not gonna rent the laundry facility at market value anymore, at below market anymore. I'm not gonna put a laundromat on the ground floor below market. Instead, I'll kick 300 grand and give anyone who wants it a stackable brand new unit will cover the cost of the hookup and the installation for you. Maybe that's what you need to do in Charlottesville City. But I'll tell you right now, if that's what ends up happening in Charlottesville City to build 400 apartments in a zoning environment that allows these 400 apartments to be built, mm -hmm. why in God's name would any other home builder or developer go and do anything in Charlottesville City again? Yeah. Think about it, right? Here's 300G. I'll, I'll do a stackable, installed, plumbing hookup, brand new for every home there. Next thing, you know what they're going to say? How about the service and warranty contract? Yeah, that's obviously not a... Uh... Who would want to open that Pandora's box? No. Seriously, who... Who would open that Pandora's box? Ah, oh, I'm sorry, it doesn't fit in my house here. Can you build an extension? Right. Uh, my laundry room is... I don't have a laundry room. Can you build me a laundry room? Yeah. Oh. This is a great comment. How big is a laundry mat? 3,000 square feet? 3,000 square feet in that location would get $50 a foot. Instead, subsidized rent would be 25 a foot. That's $75,000 a year below market. Hmm. Per year. 25 times 3,000 is 75 G's per year. That same space, 50 times 3,000, is 150 G's. 
That's a $75,000 haircut per year. If they want that. If they want a subsidized below market laundry rack. $75,000 haircut per year, just basic math. This is how business people do run models. $75,000 haircut per year. In four years, you're at the $300,000 threshold that we talked about for installing a stackable brand new unit in everybody's house. The fifth year, you've lost 75 Gs, keeping the rent below market. And, and, and prepare yourself. Yeah, Katie Pearl says, then, then folks are going to want the utilities covered for their washer and dryer because their utility overhead went up because they got a washer and dryer installed in their house. More electricity, more water. More electricity costs more money. More water. I'm obviously not going to get to the second quarter car report today. I want to spend more than seven minutes on it. Two items I want to get out of the notebook. If you want to go back to the one shot, then we'll weave you in on a two shot. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the University of Virginia has banned TikTok, the Chinese controlled and owned app, on UVA issued devices and on UVA Wi Fi. Not only TikTok, TikTok, but WeChat, Lark, Inked, Hilo. All Chinese-owned and controlled uh, social media apps or digital applications. Websites or apps developed by ByteDance or Tencent Holdings. Any university employee not complying with the app ban will face disciplinary action. Government officials are not allowed to have TikTok on their phones. The University of Virginia is now saying no TikTok on UVA devices and on UVA Wi-Fi for UVA employees. If you have TikTok on your phone, so be it. That's your prerogative. But you're legitimately allowing the Chinese government to glimpse into your most precious and vulnerable usage patterns on your, on your device. You know what? I'm doing it right now. You have TikTok on your phone, Judah? Uh, I think I do. I'm going to delete it now. I'm, I, I do not. I deleted it a while ago. I'm just confirming here. TikTok is completely deleted from my phone. Are you deleting it now? If I can find it, yes. I don't... Delete it. All right, mine's gone. Delete it, viewers and listeners. All right, I'm obviously going to be saving. Who do I have tomorrow? Oh, this is some more programming news for you. Donna Price, who's the chairwoman of the Almoral County Board of Supervisors, is on Thursday, this Thursday's show, the I Love Seville show. Donna Price, chairwoman, Almoral County Board of Supervisors, this Thursday, 12.30, I Love Seville show. I mentioned this at the top of the program. On August 22nd, Natalie Mastery, new CEO, Chamber of Commerce, and retired, retired Colonel Letty, is it Bain? Is it Bain, Neil, or Bine? She will join us, both will join us to, do, to talk about the Chamber of Commerce um, analysis or white paper on the $1.2 billion economic impact of the defense sector on Charlottesville, Almoral County, and Central Virginia, August 22nd, 1230. I told you about TikTok, banned on UVA devices and on UVA Wi-Fi. Carly Wagner says, we are not allowed to have TikTok or those apps on our phones, computers, etc. We do work with GSA, and I, so, and I suppose... Any person that does any government contractors are the same. Jamie Turner, who I think might be watching the program, has also indicated on this show, Jamie Turner, that he, who is a, you're, you're a government contractor, is that right, JT? Is not allowed to have TikTok on his phone either. 
get it off your phone. Get it off your phone. Don't be the one holding the bag. Jason Howard says, the king of Rio Road, reworking the plan pushes this stage into the future. In the meantime, real estate becomes more expensive and the 60% mark for area median income goes up. Doesn't this just guarantee the housing built is more expensive when it's put up in the future? He's exactly right. Did you hear what he said? This is a damn good point. Jason Howard, I should have made this point. King of Rio Road, let me respond to your comment. I'm going to respond to this comment. One of the best comments today, exclamation point. Here's what he said. Hear me out. By delaying phase three of dairy market, we are pushing the development into the future as opposed to the present. And as it's pushed into the future, more people from outside the market move to the Charlottesville area with their deep six-figure jobs. And as more people move to the area with their deep six-figure jobs, whether the data science school, the biotech institute, whether UVA professors, whether family office folks tied to family offices or private equity or hedge funds, as they move to this area, they're going to raise the AMI, area median income, to higher levels, which means the apartments that have been earmarked for affordability are tied, associated with AMI right now, that number is going to get even higher once the project is finished. That's one of the best comments today. I sincerely mean that, Jason. Kyra Brown Lilly, I respect your comment on Donna Price. Um, I encourage you to watch Thursday's show with Supervisor Price. I'm happy to relay any thoughts and perspective that you have for Supervisor Price on air to her, but they have to come in respectful fashion and format. Please, ma'am. All right. A VIP client in T minus 45 seconds into Tuesday. That's the I Love Sevo show. Judah, two shot. All right. You did a damn good job mm. today. Thank you. Maybe that's the approach we do on some of the topics that are not your, your bailiwick. Just ask the questions. Yeah. That's great. I thought you did a damn good job. Thank great you. job on the Jerry and Jerry show. I'm excited to relay the new mom show as we iron out the details to the viewers and listeners. All we're trying to do is create the 2023 version of a newspaper, but in digital form. That's all we're trying to do. That's my background newspapers. I'm using what I learned while a student at the University of Virginia and applying it to one of the businesses that I own today. For Judah Wickhauer, I'm Jerry Miller. Thank you for joining us so long.